It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reeson. Hello, and welcome to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today, we have such a fun show planned. I brought on one of my friends, Lauren Schieffer. So Lauren is here, and we are going to talk all about kernels of wisdom. So actual leadership wisdoms, the wisdom that you can apply today in your role. So this is very exciting. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Heidi Ho, thank you so much for having me. Yes. So Lauren, I couldn't possibly do justice to your background. You've been in sales. You've been in lots of different roles. You're a certified speaking professional. So I know that you travel around the world sharing these bits of wisdom. And I'm so excited to be able to offer this to our audience today. So really from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here and for being the stand you are in the world for leadership. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Thank you for for thinking of me. Yes, I have sat just about every, every desk in corporate America. I've been in sales. Um, so I started as a receptionist, then I was an admin, um, sales, customer service, human resources, accounting. God, that was fun. Um, I've been in management. I've been in development. Uh, 25 years ago, I left corporate America to work for myself. Um, I was a top tier sales director in a direct sales company. And then I started my speaking and consulting business. So, so here I am. Now, Lauren, I'm a former CPA. So did I tell you that? Okay, I don't know well, if I've ever shared that. So, long so, time you ago. know, someone, are, are you were a former or recovering? Because there's oh, a difference. Oh, recovering for sure. Um, yeah. It's uh, actually my bio. Someone has to be good at numbers. It's just not me. You know, I appreciate all of, we could have an amazing conversation about numbers, but at the end of the day, it's great to have that background. Now there are probably people listening that that they love that. And so, yay, we can talk about that, but it's really more about I think having that knowledge base and what you just shared. And what I heard was you've got a lot of different lenses to see challenges, to see leadership issues. And so how do you apply that today? What does life look like and work look like for Lauren? So I am a keynote speaker. Uh, I offer a, a keynotes on finding significance and taking a higher view and um, my nine essentials of significant leadership. I also do uh, corporate consulting where I align with companies in a partnership to um, help build their emerging leaders. And then I also run um, two different programs. One is a leadership incubator, which is similar to a mastermind. Um, we meet twice a month uh, and build leadership skills. And then I run leadership intensives. I do those four times a year, which is literally an intensive of three hours on my nine essentials of significant leadership. So I have a pretty full plate, but all of it energizes me. And I, and I just find it so exciting. And when I think about, okay, my plate's too full. I need to let go of something. I can never decide what to let go of. So I just don't. There you go. So tell me if somebody's listening today and they're saying, okay, there's something I'm, I'm really excited to hear from Lauren, because this, at the end of this show, this is where, this is what I'd like to learn, or this is where I'd like to be. What do you think that would be? 
I'm not sure I understand the question. Ask it again. Beautiful. Okay. What you just demonstrated there is actually a beautiful leadership wisdom that we could actually share with the audience is that you don't have to understand the question to make up the answer. What you just did demonstrated a wonderful way to say, I'm not sure I understand it. Can you say it a different way? Can you rephrase it? Beautiful. Thank you for demonstrating that. Oh, thank you. I planned that. (laughs) Exactly. And I'll rephrase the question for you. Okay. So somebody that's listening and they're hearing and they want to know, okay, so am I somebody that Lauren would reach out to? Because you mentioned the the different areas that you work. Who's the average audience member? Okay. Uh, See now, thank you. Now I understand. Now I understand the question. Um, what jazzes me, what wakes me up in the morning is building um, emerging leaders. So new leaders and leaders who have, uh, uh, for whatever reason, stalled in their perception of their leadership skills. Uh, it's not that I am rejecting, for lack of a better word, the, the C-suite, Um it's just that the C-suite is not always um, open to my message because my message is, is a little bit radi- radical, perhaps. Um, so I am building a brand new generation of leaders that are focused on integrity, compassion, empowerment, uh, inclusion, and personal accountability. So if someone is uh, brand new to their leader, see, here's the deal. When someone is often, when someone is promoted into a leadership position or what they perceive as a management uh, position, the skills as an individual contributor that got you there are not the skills that you need once you're sitting in that chair. It's a completely different set of skills. So often often they get the promotion And then they feel lost. They feel like they're drowning and they start beating themselves up because they're not a good leader or they're not a good manager. Well, that's not true. You just don't have the skills yet. It's a completely different skill set. Or they've been in it for a while and they're floundering and they can't figure out why. I can help them too. That was a really long answer. Yeah. Well, what I hear you say is that somebody that's stepping into a role, they may technically have all of the skills but for to perform as an individual contributor, but the role they're stepping into is about managing people and developing them. And that's a whole other skill set than it is to have the actual mechanisms of the individual contributor role. And so where do you actually get those? If you don't get them from Lauren, where do you go to get leadership skills? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you have to shift. Well, you come to me. That there, There's no other place. <laughs> There are many other places. <laughs> That's the only option. No. <laughs> and, you, and, and, and you have to shift. It's a mindset shift. It's a mindset shift from um, I am an outstanding individual contributor. This is how I am recognized. Mm-hmm. Then we have to um, transition to I am helping others be outstanding contributors. And I am excited when they are recognized for that. I don't necessarily have to be recognized for that. So it's shifting to the, uh, uh, the results of the entire team and those you lead rather than your own individual results. Sure. Sometimes that's a really hard transition to make. Yeah. And then going from being a star to being a star maker is, 
it can always be a challenge and it's natural evolution. I think what, what is probably the most freeing thing and something that we get to address is not everybody wants to be in a leadership role. Mm-hmm. Some people just want to be individual contributors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And- I've actually worked with um, uh, people who uh, it, I've done some one-on-one coaching and we've come to the conclusion that it's, uh, it's not the place that brings them joy. Yeah. And if it's not the place that brings you joy, go back to being an outstanding individual cr- contributor. Yeah, there's, there's this, this belief, and you tell me if you see this too, but something that I see is that there's shame around, well, that's just the natural evolution. And if I don't choose it, if it's not what's really in my heart, that that's a bad thing, or there's, it's a dead end. There's nowhere else for you to go if you don't want to be in a leadership role. And that's not, I guess in some companies it probably is, but I see by and large, that's not really the case. Yeah, well, that's true. And, and there is, there's a, buckets and buckets of baggage around that decision but individual contributors have have helped change the world so i would rather in the grand scheme of things i would rather someone recognize that being in a leadership position doesn't bring them joy and go back to being an outstanding individual contributor than be a really bad leader for a really long time. Yeah, and that's something that we can notice within ourselves, but it's also something if we're stepping into that role of leadership or we've been in that role, to look around and say, who are maybe some of the people that we've appointed into these leadership roles who just, they would they really, their heart sings in the individual contributor space and really say, that's okay. There is growth and development in an individual contributor space. That right there seems like a great bit of wisdom yeah. To, to hear that. Oh, see, this is good. We're, we're right in this. <laughs> okay. So you have nine rules of significance. Yes. Okay. Uh, nine essential. So nine essential. if I could, if I could back up a, a little bit, if it's okay to tell you where they came from. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I am the Colonel's daughter. Uh, my father was a Lieutenant Colonel in the United States Air Force. And the entire time that I was growing up, he was always working on something. Um, he was an all around handyman, you know, Mr. Fix it, like the MacGyver of his day. And he was always working on something. And I would sit with him and help him, helping him usually involved keeping him company and handing him a tool every now and then. But this is how I spent my childhood as he would talk to me about life. And so often he would stop in the middle of his sentence and he would say, pay attention, kid, this right here, this is a road sign in your life. You have to decide if you're going to follow it or not. And it wasn't until after he passed that I really understood that all of those road signs were life lessons. They were life lessons that he knew would be essential to my health and my happiness and my positive impact on the world. Nowadays, I call those life lessons kernels of wisdom, and they are the basis of of, um, two of my books. Uh, Because of who my father was and the role that he played in the Air Force, I've had the privilege and the opportunity to learn from some truly, truly significant leaders. 
including my father, but not exclusive to my father. And uh, I have recognized characteristics that significant leaders pretty much all have in common. So I steeped them down, those core nine characteristics into my nine essentials of significant leadership. That's where they came from. Uh, And I use them as a foundation for all of my teaching, coaching, and and training. Uh, So that's the the genesis of them. Uh, Now, do you want to know what they are? Well, I do want to know what they are. Yes. (laughs) Okay. And we're going to go on a quick break real quick. We're going to, let's just do our break and then we can dive right in because this is, thank you for sharing these. I mean, I'm taking notes over here. So this is great. But everybody listening, we're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, we have so much more. We'll dig into the nine essentials. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We are here today with my friend, Lauren Schieffer, and we are talking all about kernels of wisdom. Before the break, Lauren shared why kernels of wisdom and how that ties in. And now we get to learn the nine essentials that are really pared down from the colonel's leadership and advice. So Lauren, I'm excited. You've teed it all up. What are these nine essentials? So the nine essentials are a, an umbrella view. As I go through these, it, it may feel like this is a 40,000 foot view of leadership, uh, but they are really the foundation. Okay, so essential number one is understand your own value. We cannot treat others with respect until we respect ourselves and know the value that we bring to the table. Without that um, knowledge of your own value, uh, unfortunately, we often end up with bluster and, uh, and not treating everyone with respect. So. You have to know your own value. Essential number two, treat all people with respect. And it's really important to understand the difference for this essential, the difference between respect for someone and respect to someone. 
The colonel used to say, you don't have to respect everyone, Lauren Ann. You have no right to disrespect anyone, young lady. There are people that I have met in my life, people who I've had to deal with, people I've observed, that for whatever reason, I cannot respect them. Maybe it's the choices they've made. Maybe it's the words they choose, their behaviors. Maybe it's our differing ethics. For whatever reason, I can in no way respect them. That doesn't mean that I don't choose to treat them with respect. And that's the difference between respect for someone and respect to someone. Significant leaders treat all people with respect, whether or not I like what they think, say, or do. So that is essential number two. Essential number three is act with integrity at all times and all things. Because your team is watching you, not just at work. They are watching you all of the time. Integrity, and this is, this is the definition that I use. It's not original to me. I think it came from that great sage, Anonymous. Integrity is doing what is right, because it's right every time, whether anyone is looking or not, and whether or not it benefits me. That's integrity. So number three is act with integrity. Number four is open your mind to new possibilities. A closed mind cannot lead. So open your mind to new possibilities. Now, sometimes that means that we have to be willing to learn from our mistakes and our misfortunes. Number five, craft a vision. Now, crafting a vision may seem like that's leadership 101. With significant leadership, Crafting a vision is not just this is where I'm going or this is where the company is going. Crafting a vision is about making it relevant to each and every single person I serve and lead. What, where is their role in that vision? What is it going to look like, feel like, smell like, be like for each individual person when we together as a team achieve that vision? That's what significant leadership is in crafting a vision. Number six, communicate respectfully at all times. Not aggressively, not passively, not even assertively. Take assertively to a higher standard and communicate respectfully. Now, the best definition of respectful communication that I've ever heard in my life is not mine. I have adopted it with permission. It is this. Say what you mean, mean what you say, and don't be mean when you say it. That is profound in its simplicity. Comes from my friend Meryl Runyon, comes from her book, Power Phrases. Number seven, lead by example in all things, not just in, at work, but in life. Lead by example. Again, because your team is watching you all of the time. They are watching how you conduct your business. They are watching when you arrive. They are watching when you leave. They are watching how, how you are at home and, and what you're contributing to. Lead by example. Number eight, celebrate the results of others. 
when we step into a significant leader role, we set aside our need to be celebrated ourselves. And we choose to celebrate others, celebrate the results of others. And number nine is work for your replacement. A, number, uh, a leader's number one job is to replace themselves. But with significant leaders, significant leaders focus on replacing themselves with a new significant leaders who will carry on the legacy of significant leadership. So these nine essentials, as I said, they sometimes feel like it's at a very 40,000 foot view, but my experience has proven to me that the day-to-day -day deliverables of leadership, the increased productivity, increased profitability, um, market share, customer satisfaction, employee engagement, reduced attrition, all of those will fall into line naturally if the leader does everything working through the filter of the nine essentials of significant leadership. Absolutely. Those are your nine essentials. Thank you for sharing those. There's so much on each one of those and a few I just I want to call forward. You work for your replacement. Mm -hmm. This is something I, I have focused on this so much at, in my own work and in some of my own businesses. And one of the things I had somebody say to me, probably, probably about 10 years, they said, well, Kathleen, if you replace yourself, what will you do then? I said, well, that'd be a beautiful question, wouldn't it? Isn't that, I mean, that's our goal. But to, if we come from a scarcity mentality of they're going to take on my jo job and there's nothing else that I could do. I mean, that, that doesn't work. We have a business right now that we're working. It will be my biggest and best achievement in that business when one of our employees gets to buy it from us. So excited exactly. about that. How exactly. cool is that? So let me use my husband uh, as, as an example. My mm -hmm. husband is um, a uh, director in quality control for a major nationwide company, which I will uh, not mention. Um, so he started testing software. And then he became a team lead, guiding others in effectively testing software. And then... Um, because he was such a great leader, he moved to now he manages team leads who are, man who are leading others in testing software. So mm -hmm. now as a director of quality assurance, he guides the leaders of eight teams in three countries where he is gone from um, making sure that the, the software is tested effectively to making sure that his leaders are leading others in making sure that the software is tested effectively. And where will he go from there? Retirement. And then he will mentor leaders for free because he is a, a man of service. Yeah. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What an amazing thing to aspire to, to replace ourselves. 
it's such a beautiful place. And there are, as you just pointed out with your husband, there are so many different levels of giving and growth that can then be opened up when we can't even see them right now. And there's an element of trust to say, when I replace myself, there will be a bigger opportunity or a different opportunity that will be created because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, working for your replacement is such a huge one. I actually have a client right now that's in that place. Here's what I said to, to him, Lauren. He says when in, in he's in a uh, executive level position, heading wants to be into a CEO role within the next two years and within the company that he works on. That's a very realistic piece. And he says, how will I know I'm ready? I said, when your team, when you look at who's going to replace you, it's not which one is the closest to being ready. It's wow, there are so many choices, each one of them could step in. When that's the case, then he'll know he's ready. Like, How cool would that be if you've done such a great job of building up your bench and the replacement that any one of them could do it and could do it well? That seems like the ultimate level of success. Exactly. That's when you know that you have built up additional significant leaders. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's juicy. I just think there's a lot there. But let's look at one of the other ones I was... I was thinking about act with integrity at all times with all things. So here's another, I'll share with you another story that happened to me. This was my third year of running uh, my first business. And I had a partner, two partners at the time, actually. They said to me, Kathleen, it's like you're up on your high horse because you don't, you make the decisions that you make and we can't compete with that. When did oh, it become were... a competition? Yes. If anybody could see, I'm pointing at Lauren saying, yes, it's not about a competition. <laughs> and so it's, this is not about me when I share this, 100% not about me. But what had happened is, and, and think about this for any of you, especially that are in partnerships or that you work in with other people right around you. Maybe, maybe you've got coworkers at the same level leading other departments. When did it become a competition? Not about that. And so in acting with integrity doesn't mean there's no, there's no metric against someone else. It's only your own metric. Can you talk about that of holding your own bar of integrity? Oh yeah. Um, I often say that, that, uh, you know, I've been working for myself for 25 years and I am um, absolutely the worst, most horrible boss I've ever worked for in my life Uh, because my bar of integrity is, is so high. Um, a funny story when my daughter was about 13, um, which was a really long time ago, uh, we were watching some beauty pageant. I, I wish I could remember what it was, you know, Miss America, Miss USA, Miss universe, Miss queen princess of the world. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, and I really wish I could remember anything about the contestant so I could give her credit, you know, what her name was or where she came from or anything like that, because I like giving credit where credit is due, but I can't. During the interview process of this beauty pageant, she said, I set a bar for my life and then I choose to live above it. My daughter turned to me and she said, mommy, this is a road sign in your life. You have to decide whether you're going to follow it or not. And I went, huh, boom, yay. 
<laughs> um, because that that's it. You have to set a bar for your life and then choose to live above it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I call that walking higher ground. I think we all try. I really, I, I, I really believe that we all try and walk higher ground. I, 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 I don't, I choose to believe that there are not people out there that just wake up and say, I'm going to be a scumbag today. I, I don't, I, I, I choose to believe that that is not the case. Um, sometimes we just make poor decisions and we fall off of higher ground. That's when the real integrity has to happen. Because when we recognize that we've made a really poor decision, then we have to own up to it and make it right. Even if owning up to it and making it right is not the best outcome for ourselves. It will, it will always be the best outcome. But if the immediate outcome is, I, I have a, I have a friend um, who speaks on um, ethics, corporate ethics. And he did 18 months in federal prison um, for what at the time he didn't know was a Ponzi scheme. And uh, once he recognized that the the decisions that he'd been making to, to be one step ahead of what he perceived was impending doom, he stopped and he turned around and he said, okay, what I have been doing is illegal. And he owned up to it and he went to prison. And now he speaks on corporate ethics. It's about owning up to our decisions and, and, and making it right. Set a bar for your life and choose to live above it. Yeah, that's powerful. Because a lot of people, I don't want to say a lot of people, we don't need to get in comparison there. That's a strong line to say, and not not want to hide that because there absolutely could be shame or blame or fault on there. But to, to draw that line and say, nope, wow, what I did was not up to my own personal standards. It wasn't in support of everyone around me and I own it and I'm going to clean it up and I'm going to move forward and teach other people so that they can understand where I'm coming from and maybe it'll support them. That concept is simple. It is yeah. rarely easy. Rarely and could it be easy. done with ease? Maybe. It, well, it, it, it could. Um, but it also, I mean, it might come with emotional baggage and all of that kind of stuff, which, which, is, which is never easy. Like I said, it's simple, but the simple is not always easy. Sometimes it's very hard. Yeah, I think mean, that's where you can get into a comparison trap of all what someone else did or my neighbor or the other person down the road. And it's so irrelevant. It's about mm-hmm. us. There's a, a guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, Philip McKernan, you know, Philip is, he does one last talk. And oh, what I learned from oh, him, yes. I, yeah, oh, yes. I did an interview with him a long time ago. And what he said was that the difference between somebody that's in prison right now and you or you or me, the difference is one choice. Mm-hmm make one choice. And then it's just this, the slope of maybe it is only that one choice, or maybe it's a series of choices. And yet I can hold it as if, no, that's not me, but integrity every single day. It's not something you can say, I, w- I had integrity yesterday, so I'm good. 
<laughs> right. My moment, choice. Oh, doing yeah. what is right because it's right every time, whether anyone is looking or not, yeah. and even and whether or not it benefits me. Mm-hmm. I learned very early on when I would walk the aisles of the grocery store that I worked at that if there was trash on the ground, you pick it up, not because it matters that somebody that the boss is watching, but because it's there and it doesn't need to be there. And it doesn't matter if it's my trash or not. And we hear it with kids all the time. My kids say, Oh, I didn't make that mess. So I don't have to clean it up. Not the point. We're a team. Oh, yes. All right. We're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, We've got so much more. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We're here with my friend, Lauren Schieffer. We'll be back here in just a second. Enjoy this break. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about kernels of wisdom with my friend, Lauren Schieffer. So Lauren, you went through the nine essentials. My very far, not that we're picking favorites. They're like kids. We can't pick favorites. And the one that calls to my heart and the where that I, the, the place that I spend the most of the time in my business and supporting others is number five, crafting the vision. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes what I see is what we think is vision isn't necessarily vision. They're just mechanics that are kind of all lined up to get to a place where we think we might want to go, but other people can't actually communicate where we're headed. So let's look at number five and dig in. Can we spend a little bit more time there? Absolutely. Um, so it is so often, it's so common, um, whether it's in business or in life, that the leader, whoever that leader is, says, this is where we're going, won't we have fun? But especially in in business, uh, if a leader is truly a leader, then they're going to get the input of their team as they craft the vision. Uh, But sometimes, let's say you're at a, a middle management level, you're not the CEO, the corporate vision is coming down from the CEO. And sometimes that's, in, that, that's given to you, it's handed to you. Then it's a significant leader's responsibility. It's their job to take that corporate vision and figure out where their team fits into it. And why? Why does it matter to them? 
Every human being on earth has an invisible sign hanging around their neck. That, neck, that sign says, make me feel important. And underneath it is a little bitty sign that says, and what's in it for me? Give them the what's in it for them. Let them know how important they are in the vision and what's in it for them. How's it going to benefit them when we get to the end of the rainbow? How's it going to benefit them to improve their production, to make the change that you want them to make, to buy into the corporate vision? Frankly, they don't care how it's going to benefit you. And sometimes, let's be honest, they don't care how it's going to benefit the company. How's it going to benefit them? What's in it for them? If you can, and I, I learned this from my father first, it has been made popular and, and global by Simon Sinek. If you can give them the why behind the what, they, are, they, they will work hard. They will run for their own why that you have implanted in the corporate vision. Yeah, I see this a lot with you know, crafting the vision. And then, so the thought on systems and processes, we talked about accounting earlier. And so typically in the accounting, the skills that make us really great at accountants make us love systems and processes. And if you don't like systems and processes, or you don't like accounting, you, then you're, you're either in one camp or the other. Mm-hmm. But with vision, it's not about the systems or the processes. It's not about the accounting or the mechanisms. And so my question for you, when you look at vision and you have somebody that's focused on the systems or the processes, how do you get them to see bigger picture vision? Uh, Sometimes it's about simple rewards. Sometimes it just has to come down come down to that when all of these numbers line up at the end of 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 the week Mm -hmm. this is what it's going to do for you this is what it's going to um provide you um i will have this whatever it is my husband makes the best chocolate chip cookies on the planet bar none he's the baker in the family um so when we have met our numbers and every column lines up, I've got a dozen chocolate chip cookies fresh baked from my husband for you. Sometimes it, it needs to be as, as simple as, as that. But if we're going for the big picture across the rainbow, the easiest way to, to you, someone who is a, a systems thinker, You cannot take them from point A to point Z because they don't know what point B is. Mm -hmm. So instead, we give them the path laid out by mile markers. And we get from point A to point B. Celebrate. Yay. Because point B is now point A. So we go from point A to point C celebrate because what was previously C is now point A. And if we can take systems thinkers from point to point that way, by the time we get to point Z, 
the celebration is massive because then we can turn around and say, see what we did with your systems. We did this. It's your systems that got us here. Yeah, that- I, for sure. And what I was thinking about uh, from a vision perspective, what I took for granted for the longest time was that people could see the vision. And especially for systems thinkers, we've, we've got A, B, C, D. Well, if we're talking about vision, somebody that can cast a vision is generally very good about thinking 5, 10, 15, 20 years out, but they can't think about today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The systems thinkers are so good about today and tomorrow that when they are matched up, and we can say, if this is where we want to get five years from now, what do we do today? That's where you have the magic. That's when you sit down with them and say, this is where we're going. Help me work backwards from our goal and our deadline. What do we need to do this year, this month, today to get from where we are to where we and involve them in the process and you've got them for life. And I think that's a valuable, you got somebody that's a visionary that can cast that vision. That's beautiful. But if they can't get there step by step, then the vision is irrelevant. But vice versa, if you've got somebody that's a systems thinker, they can think day by day, but can't see the long term of where you're headed, then that's irrelevant. So they've got to work together. Mm-hmm. And it, oftentimes there's this thought that one is better or worse than the other, but I see them as equally important symbiotic absolutely yeah uh, gino wickman uses the terms visionary and integrator these are beautiful terms because it's exactly that the visionary doesn't work without the integrator and the integrator doesn't work without the visionary and that's something mm-hmm. we're talking about systems wide is more integrator thinking versus visionary now here's an interesting i don't know if you've seen this trend lauren talking with a friend the other day she works for a very large company and i don't think it matters whether you're small medium or large here where we used to think 5, 10, 15, 20 years out for vision. She said right now, the way that they're moving, the pace that they're moving at, and with supply chain and all the issues, they cannot vision past 18 months. Ooh, okay. I, I had heard 24 months. Now we're, now we're talking 18 months, okay? So 18, they're launching a new division within this company, and it's very experimental. If I told you the company, it would make total sense, but it's irrelevant to this 18 months is all they can go. And this whole thing within six months, it's going to fly or not. Mm-hmm. So experimentation is at an all-time high, regardless of the size of the company. I think in small business and especially medium-sized business, experimentation has always been high because you've got to. But now larger businesses have, have really grasped onto this experimentation, which means there's no constant, which means your mm-hmm. essentials become even more important. Yeah. And, um, one of the, the, so I wrote a white paper. I'm in the midst of writing the book that is the nine essentials of significant leadership, but I wrote a white paper to start with it. And uh, my premise, I sincerely believe that the generic hierarchical leadership model of the 19th and the 20th century that bled into the first two-ish decades of the 21st century, first and foremost, has failed us. And secondly, is not going to take us into the remainder of the 21st century. It's just not. Because I said so, doesn't fly anymore. Because this is the way we've always done it. 
um, is, is kryptonite. It, it's um, toxic. It doesn't work. In the 21st century. It yeah. will kill companies. Uh, and that's, that's part of, of what these nine essentials provide is a platform wherein you can be nimble and flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, lean methodologies, I think I've taken off. So about 10 years ago, I worked with a company that was really just beginning in lean methodologies and you get certified and all that stuff. But the, the whole premise of it is, and there's lean marketing, there's, there's lean in every operational style. And it's really just experimentation and getting rid of what doesn't work, but doing it quickly, fail fast. We've all heard that before. There's an acronym that's one of my favorites. It's actually like nails on a chalkboard for me. It's called Sally. Have you ever heard of that? No, tell me. Sally, S-A-L-Y. Okay, so Sally actually came back from way into my my public accounting days. Sally means same as last year. Now, from a financial perspective, you never want to Sally it because all you're doing, might as well just put a stamp on it. You didn't really do anything. But I think that that same principle applies when we're talking about leadership, when we're talking about all of this stuff. We never want to Sally. Sally is not a good reason to move forward. Don't be friends with Sally, S-A-L-Y, if your name is Sally, please hear me, be friends with you. <laughs> so I always, because it, it's who I am, um, I always bring it back to a quote from my dad because there were so many of them. And with regard to your Sally, dad used to say, if nothing changes, kid, nothing changes, kid. You keep doing what you've been doing, you'll keep getting what you've been getting. Mm-hmm. This is really getting me to think about the quotes that I say to my kids. And one of the things I say all the time, and you echoed it in one of your, uh, one of the essentials, what I say, I say what I mean. And I mean what I say. And I usually do that when they say something that is questioning the words. Why do you say that? Why? And I'll say, I say what I mean. And I mean what I say. And it gets them to rethink what I just said, instead of asking me to repeat it, or I'm just very frank. I say what I mean and mean what I say. I heard them repeat that the other day. I thought, oh, okay, that one's landing. But now I got to be really careful because intentional with our words. Very much so. Our kids are listening. Very much so. Our employees are listening. The people around us are listening. All right, we're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, we're going to wrap all of this up. You'll see into the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. Talk to you in just a second. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Inspired Choices Network. You're listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Today, we've been learning all about kernels of wisdom from my friend, Lauren Schiefer. So Lauren, we've talked about the nine essentials of leadership. And what is the one thing that you want people to walk away from after hearing this show? Uh, Understand the difference between success and significance. Success. See, we're all programmed to chase success. Success is inwardly focused. Success is about how much money I make and what my title is 
and where my office is and what my individual accolades are and my accomplishments. Success is about me. Significance, on the other hand, is outwardly focused. It has nothing whatsoever to do with compensation packages and parking spots. Significance is about we. Significance is about how many lives you touch and the manner in which you choose to impact them because how we impact others is a choice. It's a choice we make every day. The Colonel used to say, anyone can be successful kiddo. Making money, losing money, making it all back again. That's easy. Choose to be significant. So if you take nothing else, choose to be significant. And people who choose to be significant, especially in a leadership role, find that success follows naturally. Absolutely. Lauren, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? You can find me at laurenschiefer.com. L-A-U-R-E-N-S-C-H-I-E-F-F-E-R.com. Or you can email me lauren at laurenschiefer.com. Very nice. And they'll see you driving around in your brand new car if they live in the United States. We've got people from all over the world that tune in. But you know, I think that the key to all of this is, Lauren, you and I are human. I mean, we are human. And that's the beauty of it is that back to your essential number one, we all have a significant value. You've landed on yours and you're sharing it with the world. And so I yeah. think if you're doing that, gosh, I mean, how lit up when all of that aligns? It, it really, it really is. When we, um, when I stepped into the Colonel's Daughter brand and wrote um, the two Colonels of Wisdom books, uh, it was the first time that everything, the message, the brand, and the human being aligned completely authentically. And things have just rolled since then because, um, because it's simple. It's not always easy. But, it, but it's simple and it's authentic. And, yeah. and that brings me joy. And you've hit on that a couple of times. So I just want to call that forward is that simple, it, we get to strive for simple. It isn't always easy. And there mm-hmm. is emotional baggage. There are things that come with it. And that's why it's really important to have this grounding, this foundation and somebody by your side to support you as you're learning all of these. And Lauren and I both have those people. We are those people for each other. And so it's yeah. really important to have that. Yeah. Be really Surround hard. yourself with people who hold you up and love and respect you enough to tell you the truth, even when you don't want to hear it. Those kind of people. The value of feedback. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten feedback that at first it just hit me almost between the eyes and the chest. And yet I'm in such gratitude for it. Mm-hmm. That somebody would love me enough to tell me what they saw between where I am and where I want to be. We think of that as harsh or whatever word you want to put to it. But feedback is one of the most beautiful gifts we as leaders can give to the world. Absolutely. And um, our, who we choose to have in our inner circle is crucial. You will become like the five people you spend the most time around. Boy, you want to make sure they're the right people who you choose to have in your inner circle. And both of us, as 
um, mentors and thought leaders and speakers and consultants, um, we have many layered circles. It's that inner circle that you choose uh, that, that matters so, so much. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, Lauren, what I'm taking away from today is significance over success, absolutely being that outward, that servant leader, and really looking towards our people and how we get to grow. When we show up as the best version of ourselves, then everyone else around us gets to shine and show up in their best versions. Replace yourself. That was a big one. Yes, absolutely. Because if I want to go on to serve in a greater way, I've got to be able to replace myself so that that we can keep moving forward. So these are so many nuggets and kernels of wisdom that I'm carrying forward. And for everybody that's listening, pick the one thing in this moment that can really support you. One thing that you took away from today's show, one kernel that you can move forward today and apply to your job, apply to your work, apply to your life. Absolutely. The colonel used to say, plan your work and work your plan. Yes, plan your work and work your plan. I love it. And so Lauren, you don't know this, but next week on this show, we've got a guest who, who is playing a significant game. She runs a leadership training center. This is emotional intelligence in the United Kingdom. And so her name is Evram Osgan, and she's going to come on here and she's talking about leading people you don't like. Has that ever happened to you, Lauren? Absolutely. Multiple times. Yes. That's when you treat them with respect, even if you don't respect them. That's beautiful, essential. So we are just transferring that into the next week. And so Evram's going to show how in her emotional intelligence training center, how she works with a lot of the, the people that are, that are wanting to uplift from an emotional intelligence perspective and understand how do you treat people with respect, just like you said, Lauren, even when you don't like them. So there's so much to be learned. So Lauren, thank you for being on here today. We have about just a a few seconds left. So tell me significance over success. What's been your favorite moment in your career in the last 10 years? I got a text yesterday from a friend of mine whose son is serving in Iraq. And she said, I just wanted to let you know, I just sent his first care package to Iraq. One of the most important items on on the package was your Kernels of Wisdom book. As you know, he's Special Forces and Air Force, and he's proving to be somewhat of a leader. I thought it was important for him to read your book. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you for that, Lauren. Thank you for who you be. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.